Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards from the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Today, again, we are pleased to have Phil Davidson from the Carpenters. Phil is sitting in for Ed Maher this week. Uh, Phil sat in for myself last week. Welcome, Phil. Good morning, Ken. Nice to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for doing this. We re- we really appreciate it. Um, I thought maybe we would tell a story. It's sad, but it's it's still positive. So what happened was one of our members um, in the MCL and the Carpenters um, was ready to retire, and he was in Kansas City. Yep, and was literally in the union hall filling out his pension paperwork with his wife. Just an absolute tragedy. He had had a recently discovered medical issue, but he was of retirement age, ready to pull the pin. And he was in the office to take care of his family. Um, yeah. Like, he, he, like, he knew, based on the diagnosis of you know, what his prognosis was and what his long-term outlook was, and so he made sure that he was going to take care of his family. Right, and I think his wife was there with him. Yeah. Um, you know, he passed away, and, and you know, so it comes to the MCL very quickly, and we have a, a death benefit that's uh, paid for by the unions uh, that belong to the MCL, and we immediately said, you know, no, this guy was active, he's getting the, the, the death benefit, so we were able to get that for him, but I guess the way he filled out his pension or was filling out the pension or, or a timing issue or something to the effect that, for some reason, the spouse was going to get only 50% of his pension. Right. And The way it's set up with that process. Correct. Yeah, and, I, and I, th- I don't think it was, you know, malintent. I just think it was timing. Mm-hmm. Phil and I talked to, to Gary Perinar, who is the Executive Secretary Treasurer, Treasure. EST, of the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. Correct. MACRC, as you guys call it. You did it very well. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Not easy. And I, you know, I asked him, like, hey, hey, Gary, are you, do you have anything to do with this, you know, pension board out in Kansas City? And his answer was, yeah, I'm the president. <laughs> like, uh, good. Good guy to know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we told him what happened. He's like, oh my God, it's a tragedy. And so, you know, he went out there and he turned it around and she is now getting 100% of his pension. Um, and now she's getting 100% of his pension and they were able to take care of that uh turn things around and and make sure that she was taken care of yeah it's um it really is a inspiring and heartwarming story and can, can you tell the audience real quickly like what you heard back from the family i know they, oh, they were yeah, yeah they were absolutely just so extremely appreciative of what the carpenters did for them and you know they said point blank it's like look we we're not used to talking to regular normal people <laughs> you know it's just like somebody that actually will pick up the phone take care of something that actually you know that cares like you just don't get that it's a family and, and so Absolutely. They, they, they were really appreciative of it. We will be right back with another important topic. We are going to be discussing drugs and alcohol in the building trades and unions in general on the Workers' Mic 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Okay, we're back on the Workers' Mic on WGN. I am Phil Davidson, your fill-in host for this morning from the Mid-America Carpenters Union, here with my uh, the head of the show and host, Ken Edwards, from the MCL. I appreciate you saying head of the show, by the way. And yeah. I also like fill-in, and your name is Phil. It works. Yeah. Was that unintentional? Yes. Okay. Well, you're much funnier than Ed, by the way. And, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, and better looking. 
Ed would probably disagree with that, but I'll Who take cares? it. Who cares? He's not here. I'll take compliments. Yeah, he'll never hear this. Uh, I, I am basically the Robin to your Batman. This is this is your show. So <laughs> switching gears, um, we we have a serious topic to discuss, and, and it's one that I think is not discussed enough, uh, especially publicly, um, and that is the unfortunate um, issue of drugs, alcohol, addiction issues. Um, especially in the building trades. Um, Just but, overall mental but, health but as well. But overall, yeah. you know, life in general, working class, working people, actually, it cuts across everybody. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a doctor, lawyer, no. or a carpenter. Um, but but we have, we have a guest, and why don't you introduce our guest? Yes, I am uh, very happy to bring on the show um, a member of the Carpenters Union, a delegate from Carpenters Union Local 1, and a uh, steward, uh, Myron Dent. Welcome, Myron. Good to be here with you this morning. Yeah, we appreciate your coming down. Myron has an interesting story. Let's let's just start from the beginning. Sure. Know. I think maybe just um, to introduce yourself, Myron, tell a little bit about you know how long you've been in the union, um, you know where you're working currently, kind of the role that a steward plays on the job site, just to cover some of that uh, introductory information. How did that feel? Well, I started in 2000, and. It was rough in the beginning, you know, starting uh, something new, learn how to build, and eventually join the the best the best local I can I think uh, I think it is it's the best local local one. And um, did you come? Did you, did you come in as an apprentice? Yes, you did. Okay. Yes, I actually went to uh, Lakeland College uh-huh. and did the building trades there. Uh-huh. Got two years worth of credits and then joined the apprenticeship when I came home. And that's how you were able to get in. Yes, got it. Yes. And then move forward from there. Became a steward quite quickly, really. Yeah. But I was I was involved as an apprentice. And, and tell tell them what a steward does. Sorry to interrupt. What, what's a steward's role? A union steward's job is to protect the interests of the council, more especially the local. And you enforce, yeah. you enforce the contract. Yeah, enforce. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Enforce yeah. is a strong word, but it's a lot. It's a lot the steward can do, but it's also a lot that we shouldn't do. And you are also the first line of defense so to speak right because you're actually on the job site so you're not a business agent that goes from job to job you're literally on that job site itself correct exactly i'm an extension of the business agent that's right and so if somebody has an issue they generally go to the steward first correct? exactly right and members you, and contractors yep and you try and resolve it and if you can't resolve it then it goes up to the business agent yes okay that's awesome and by the way how much do you get paid for doing that uh 5201 an hour no how much do you get paid extra for being a steward Oh, fifty two oh one. First of all, you get paid fifty two dollars and one cent an hour. That's a, that's a damn good union wage. Yes, uh, it is, sir. My point was that you don't get a penny exactly. extra for being exactly. You, you get a bunch of. I he- got you. You got a headache. I got you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but first of all, yeah. Thanks for being a steward. I'm um, there for the guys. I don't I don't do it for myself. It's a byproduct that I get paid for it. Yeah, I'm there for the membership. The stewards are the cream of the crop. Yeah, no question about it. Yep. And they have the th- most thankless job <laughs> in the union. But uh, let's move backwards now. You ha- you have an interesting backstory, and, and and it's why you're here. Let's start from you know your youth. Like what happened? Well, youth was rough. Yeah. Uh, my mother was a single parent, so things were things were rough. She did the best she could. I, I know that now with four kids of my own. Yep. And but it's me and my wife together doing it, so I know how it was now. Yeah. But then it was. It drove me drove me to the streets. Okay. I went for I went looking for what I couldn't get in the streets, and I found. Of course, you're gonna find what you're looking for. Sure. I found it, and um, 
it took me down the path I, well, I, on a path that I didn't want to stay on long, but I wound up I wound up there spending more time than I should have. Yeah. How long? Uh, a good ten years, fifteen yeah. years. Yeah. Probably probably longer than that. Mm-hmm. But it was the time that I spent there shaped the person that's, that you see in front of you right now. What do you mean by that? Well, those rough times. Yep. Those you know starving times helped me become the person that I am now. Gotcha. That's the reason why I am the way I am now. It's the reason why I I take things serious now. There is no, oh well, they just doing that. It's okay. No, that's no. Uh-uh. No, you need to follow the rules. Yep. Or you're gonna or or you're gonna meet who I like to call the stew jag. You don't want to do that. What does that mean? Mm, he's kind of a person that when I let come out. The contract is like, where, where's Myron at? I said, well, you didn't want Myron. You wanted this new Jag. That's what you got now. Uh, I want no part of that. So, for the record. so, so you're. It was drugs, correct? Yes. And you're chasing, you know, whatever the high was. Yeah. Right. Obviously, there's no good end to that. Right. Right. I mean, it doesn't. It never ends well. No, it doesn't. Right. Jails, no. institutions, and death. There you go. That, that's what it. That's how it ends. One is too many, and a thousand is never enough. That's exactly right. For me, it could never be enough. Yeah, of course. Um, and so you, what, went into rehab? Yes. Yes, I went to an outpatient. I actually had a little bit too much. I just wasn't feeling good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't working. I just wasn't in my right frame of mind. Yep. I had done done some things that I wasn't proud of. Uh-huh. I left my family. I was just low. I was at a, I was at a real low point, low, yep. real low. Yeah. And I knew that I, something different had to happen or... Something bad was going to happen. Right. I could. I just I could feel it. Yeah. So I checked myself into an outpatient and went religiously mm-hmm. the three nights that I needed to go. Yep. Outside of that, I made meetings until meetings made sense. They didn't. Understand, they didn't make sense in the beginning, but sure. they made sense after a while. Yeah. And the one thing that I I learned while I was there was that if I didn't really want this, it wasn't. I wasn't going to get it. There was no such thing as, well, you need this. No, <laughs> a lot of people need the program. A lot of people need to not do this or that. Sure. If you don't want a better life or you don't want to be drug free or you don't want to be alcohol free, then you're not gonna have. You're not gonna be right. It's just not gonna and, happen. And you had a wife and kid, right? Yes. At or, that time, I had all. It was all of them. You had all the kids already. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And so. I mean, you certainly had an impetus for it, right? You had a, a reason to do it. But, you know, like you said, if you don't want it, it just doesn't happen. And I've watched, you know, many of you guys, unfortunately, give it all away. Ken, you can try for you can try for wife and kids if you want to. Right. Yeah. I guarantee you it won't work. Right. Why? You, got, you have to give yourself a chance. Yeah. Period. Right. Period. And That's you, all so, there is and, to and, it. So, and you did it. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and it took. Oh, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I'm going to back you up just a little bit. Go ahead. I didn't do it. It's an ongoing process. You I still get, have to do it. Yeah, got it. That makes sense. You, yep. you, you, you got to keep going. You got to play the tape all the way out. So you're doing it every day. Yeah. Okay. You can't stop. Yeah, I got it. If you stop, yeah. you never know. But you got clean. Yes. Okay. And from there, you got into the carpenters. Mm, it was more of a while I was in kind of thing. I got you. I'm going. Yeah. So okay. and, and maybe we could talk about that a little bit, about how much... You know, you, you see people struggling on job sites, and you know now that you are someone who's known as being sober, and um, you know someone who can help someone out who's who is having their own struggles. Um, is it, you know we know it, it is an issue, and like we said before, it's not just the building trades, but it seems to be you know especially um, you know acute there just because of 
the nature of the work. It's a lot of people going through a lot of aches and pains on a daily basis. They're looking for ways to self-medicate. Um, but, you know, what resources are you able to provide and, and uh, help to, you know, people that you know within your local, within other trades about, hey, man, help us out there if you need it. Yes, yes. As an ambassador to, as a, as an ambassador to the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council, I feel that um, the programs that our EST Paranar has, has, has in place are working. Believe it or not, those are the same programs that I used. Is that right? Oh, yeah. So they have the members have access to this. Oh yeah, the and members then, have access. If you're just tuning in, uh, you know we're, we're we're talking to Myron right now, who's a, a, a carpenter. Um, would you say recover, recovering yes. addict? Yes. Uh, and grateful yes. recovering addict. I'm, I'm, I'm actually grateful. Grateful you said it like that, and I didn't put the ed after it. Right. <laughs> that would have hurt me. I yeah. probably would have to jump over there at you. <laughs> Listen, the I'm battle much, continues. I'm, I'm much. I'm much. Bigger. I'm much bigger than y'all kicking. <laughs> I can attest Ken is lying about that. That's absolutely <laughs> true. I'm lying about that. So that's why it's on the radio. But listen, so you, so, and, and I want to make this clear that, you know, you know, your your story is a success story at the moment. It's ongoing. It's an ongoing every single day, right? You know, it's, I only so, take it one day at a time, that's right. Ken. That's it. That's you right. you and, literally and, have to. And that, and that makes sense. And I have, you know, for those of you that don't know, I was a lawyer for the operators for many, many years, and before that, the newspaper union. And, you know, I would watch lots of my members that, like you said, that, you know, they would piss away these jobs that were paying, you know, in the public sector, 35, 40 bucks an hour, but year round, full time pensions, health insurance, you know, vacation time. I mean, just amazing jobs. And they would literally throw it away for the bottle or for marijuana, or for cocaine. And now, like Phil said, and I think it's a good point, and this is what gets real tough, is guys in the building trades, and, and women, everybody, they work tough jobs. Yes. And they get injured, right? And then they get, you know, they get shoved down their throat. You know, here's a bunch of Oxycontin. And then they get addicted to it. And then when they're out of that, you know, they get try to buy it on the street or they move to heroin. And I mean, it's just an absolute tragedy. And, you know, I think that the point the, and the reason that we wanted to have Myron on and tell the story is that, you know, number one, uh, I think it's good to see, you know, somebody that that's in recovery and is doing well. Number two is that there is help. Yeah, help is available. And, and, and that, that there's no question about it that you can't throw a rock without hitting an AA meeting, an NA meeting, a CA meeting, a Gamblers Anonymous, whatever whatever it is. I've been to meetings with my members. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've watched some of them, you know, get themselves clean and write letters to the union and say, hey, you know, thank you so much. That was great. And I've watched other members die, like literally die from drugs and alcohol. And, you know, that that's the end. I, I will say this. Um, Number one, I appreciate your coming on the show and being open and honest. I think that's really, you know, quite frankly, brave and, yes, and important. Absolutely. Uh, and it, it means a lot to us. And number two, you know, if you have, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, the public, that if you have an issue, whether you're union or not issue, look, if you're union, your union has resources, period, right? You call their health and welfare department, call the union hall. You know, some unions have their own uh, programs inside, right? I know the operating engineers, local 150, where I come from, says, hey, you have a drug and alcohol problem called brother so-and-so. Yep. You know, and if you don't have any of those resources, feel free to call 800-433-2099, which is the MCL, and I will physically 
either take you or point you in the right direction and make sure that you get to where you need to go. And But like Myron said, and I'm going to say this again, you have to want it. It has to be something that you want. Nobody's going to recover for you, right? Or, you know, like you got to literally want to do it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And so. And reach out to your brothers and sisters on the job site. I think word spreads pretty quickly uh, who's sober and who can provide that assistance. Reluctantly, it it did. I battled with it. I I couldn't sleep for for, for some nights because I was, I had committed, made a commitment to telling some people. Who knew me for over 20 years that, yeah, I have, I have a problem. Well, I had a problem, and it's an ongoing thing. People are going to look at me differently. Sure. People are going to probably, you know, say things that they probably wouldn't want to say to me, but mm-hmm. they're going to say it around me or behind me. And, man, I just didn't want to be looked at like that. I didn't want, I didn't want that stigma. I didn't want to be, you know. Yeah, I got it. I didn't want it, but I thought about the person that wasn't me that didn't have the experience that I had. Right. And I said, if I can just help one person, sure, then why not? Yeah. And then it started to feel a little bit better. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep last night because I knew, I was thinking about today. Like I'm finna do this again. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Sorry, you gonna double down again? Like, oh my goodness! Sorry, you're, you're helping a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, I think you are as well. You, I mean, look, you know, all of us need your movement are trying to you know push push that ball forward and, and help. You know, I don't care if you touch two people out there today that listen and go, you know, this guy cleaned up. I can do it as well. Right. And and we really appreciate your coming here today. And and thank you. Thanks. Thanks yeah, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Myron. Yeah, you are listening to Workers Mike 720 WGN. You're listening to the Workers Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers Mike 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting with me is Phil. Um we are also happy to have Tom Borsellino from Megan Financial with us today. Tom, how are you? Great. Good morning. How are you both? We're doing good. Very good, Tom. Nice yeah. to have you here. Yeah, and we were just chatting uh, before um, we, we went back on the air. What a horrible name Megan is, and we're going to change that to Borsellino? Is that what, that's what's happening? You've made that it's, executive decision? There goes our sponsorship. It, it'll be Tebow. <laughs> and got it yeah okay that, that rolls sense. off the tongue yeah, yeah just as just as well as megan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let, let, let's chat we're here at the we're, we're also and i had this other thought too we're here at the at year's end um and so i want to talk about that remind me please uh like a couple moves to make it at the at the end of the year um so tax man comes yeah exactly yep but, Tom, t- tell us, you, you have an unusual, and I shouldn't say unusual, you have a different background than people that have been on Megan, uh, fr- from Megan that have been on, the, uh, on our show before. You were in the non-Megan you know, Megan world, meaning non-union world, for what, 25 years? 26, yeah, close. And, and what did you do? I was an advisor, mm-hmm. a financial advisor. I worked primarily with people who um, didn't have pensions. Uh, primary uh, opportunity for saving for retirement was with 401k plans, 403b plans, uh, defined contributions. So something that is what? Market fluctuates? Market driven can be for the most part. Most people take advantage of the growth opportunity that exists. And as we progress through times like this, it makes it difficult and challenging to manage those emotions. Sure. And when you say times like this, you mean when the market's down? Correct. Right. Let me ask you a question. Suppose somebody that didn't have a pension wanted to retire right now while the market's down. I mean, what happens? Do they have just less money to live on? 
Uh, it's a great question. Uh, it depends on a lot of different factors. So the primary concern, obviously, is the market being down when you retire. The market's down, and it's worth less than it is when you maybe began the year, for example. Yep. It's important that you prepare for such a situation. So ahead of time, you want to prioritize your timeline. So you want to have buckets of money in different places. You want to have a short-term bucket, so maybe one to three years out. So when in times like this, when the market's down, you'll have a place to take that money from to cover uh, those intentions of retiring. And so therefore, that money that's positioned in a very short-term investments with no market fluctuation would be the place to take that from. Right. Then you take another portion of your assets, maybe maybe a three to five year time horizon, and, and that timeline is maybe a little bit more aggressively positioned where there's growth opportunity. And then maybe you position the remaining part of your portfolio in such a way that maybe it's a five to ten year duration and it's more aggressively positioned. So when the market does what it does today, it's not permanent. It'll, re- it'll rebound. Markets are cyclical. It's, um, it's not forever. And we've been through recessions before. This isn't going to be the last it's certainly not the first and we always come out of them we have to maintain that long-term approach and so what about the the difference between now now that you and how long you've been at megan uh six years okay and so tell us the difference huge difference is primarily uh, the 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 members that we work with already have uh, pensions in place that are not market driven Yep. Um, it's based on a number of hours worked, years in the trade, uh, and ultimately there is a defined benefit that will be produced that we know after a certain period of time based on a certain number of years what that income will be versus the person that I just described that maybe I worked with for the first 26 years of my career um, doesn't have that same definition. They don't have that fixed dollar amount. A lot more instability. Correct. Um, so to your point earlier, um, you know, with somebody's rolling into retirement at, say, 62 or 63 or 65, what will the investment be worth in 5, 10 years? We have no way of guaranteeing, forecasting that if it's market-driven inside of a 401k plan. Whereas the beautiful thing about a pension is we can pretty much with a 95% degree accuracy, tell you what your pension income is going to be. That's a beautiful thing. And that is stability, not just for you, but for you, your spouse, right? If you pass away, there's a surviving spouse option in most pensions, if not all, that I've that I've seen, correct? Yeah. And, and Megan Financial, you know, one of the things that has uh, attracted the MCL to your company is that You'll you'll take care of somebody from the, the minute they walk in the door. No doubt, an apprentice, absolutely, a twenty five year old, twenty two year old, you know, kid that has zero clue about finances, absolutely, and probably doesn't quite frankly care that much about finances. He wants to make sure that he's got enough money to buy his motorcycle and get his beer and, and do that kind of stuff, right? Yes. The important things in life. Yeah. We've all been there. Of course, of course. And that's a good problem to have. Yeah, and, and I was going to ask, like, do you, in your conversations you have with, you know, be it an apprentice, be it uh, a member looking, you know, to retire in the immediate future, like, are they ever surprised by how stable their retirement is set up for them i mean because uh, you know i think a lot of people they know what the benefits are from the union but they don't dive into it and don't have the expertise obviously that you have so when they come into the office and you can lay out you know what their future looks like i think a lot of times it got to be like i don't know i was this well set up you, you know but, I th- something that reoccurs that i find uh, more often than not is when somebody's maybe two, three, four years out from retirement and they really want to get into the weeds with what their retirement's going to look like and what their income's going to be, 
they're always surprised at how well positioned they are because of the pensions that they have. Right. Uh, and you combine that with the Social Security income that can be used along with, in most cases, these annuities that can help supplement income if in the event maybe they had an expense such as a mortgage that lasted a little bit longer than they wanted to. Yep. That can bridge that gap to get to the point where they're essentially you know, in a position where they're self-sustaining and don't have to worry about Anything in terms of the market. Right, exactly right. So, I mean, what a comforting feeling, right? Like, let's say you, you know, for the 98% of the world that doesn't have pensions anymore, you're looking at, you know, you're retired, right? And you're living off of your Social Security and, like you said, whatever you have in your 401k. And you just watched your 401k just literally cut in half. And you got to be freaking out and going, like, what, what do, you know, should I live half as long? Yeah. You know, do I, I take money out? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what do I do? There's a lot of stress. And the huge uh, advantage to a pension is that on the first of the month or whenever that day of the month is that your pension shows up, yeah. you'll never look at your bank statement and wonder what that deposit's going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it's not a market-driven investment. It's a fixed, guaranteed strategy that's going to be there for the rest of your life. And so tell me, Megan, how does Megan make money? All right. right? You said earlier before we were on the air, you said you guys have skin in the game. And I know you do. And that's another reason that we that we chose you guys. How does Megan physically monetize your business? So ultimately, uh, our objective is to help our members uh, retire, maybe understand to the best of their ability their financial situation. We take a holistic approach. We're not just doing the obvious, here's your pension, here's your social security, and what's inside your annuity. Uh, Good luck. Hope things work out. Right. Um, We go through the process of helping members completely understand where they're positioned, where they want to go, help get to know them as people, as persons, as a family. And once that's done, we also help them through the process of completing the paperwork necessary to make the elections and and decisions when it comes to what those pensions are going to look like and how they will support their spouse, their family. Uh, and ultimately, they retire. And our skin in the game is once that member is successfully retired and they're happy and they're comfortable and they understand exactly what they have, then we're just like any other financial advisor that's out there that we have uh, an interest in helping them uh, position their annuity money, for example, in investments that are appropriate for them and their circumstances. Right. And that's how we get compensated. Got it. Uh, does everyone come with us? They may have already existing relationships with family, friends, already have an advisor. Yep. Some, we're not here to disrupt that relationship. Our primary objective is to make sure that our that our clients understand where they're positioned for retirement within their union, mm-hmm. make the right elections, because you only get to retire one time, right? right? Um, we've done it thousands of times for people. We know the process. We understand it. You don't know what you don't know when it comes to this process, and we understand uh, as well as anybody what those pensions look like. Uh, and how they can be positioned for their family in case you know that they have certain needs and objectives they're trying to accomplish, and that's what makes us different. And you're not yeah. managing their pensions, by the way. You're going to manage their annuity, correct? Correct. So they're going to move their annuity over to you. So somebody that has been using, let's say, Fidelity, for example, in, in my instance, and uh, I retire, I have X number of dollars in Fidelity. I'm simply going to move that over to Megan Financial, and you guys are going to manage that money for me. You're also going to explain to me that I have this pension, this uh, medical savings, I have this, 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 and this, this is Social Security, but you'll have that annuity, and that's where you guys make the money, correct? correct. We will position the portfolio, that, that annuity money, based on objectives, timeline, needs, wants, we understand. And what, what, what makes us different, I think, than most the programs that are inside the annuities, that you have a limited number of investments from what to choose from inside right. your annuity program. Sure. Yeah. When you move outside of that, the, your options are endless. Right, and that's where we come into play and divide uh, devise a program that's essentially right fit for that client. 
And and let me ask you this. And this is so, once again something that was attractive. If somebody passes away, meaning the breadwinner, the member, the uh, you know the the guy that had the pension, now you know the wife has to make some decisions, correct? Or the, the surviving spouse, yes. you'll sit with that surviving spouse even though you know she wasn't a member. Absolutely, you'll and, take care of the family. Absolutely, and not only that, there could be uh, no surviving spouse. Maybe the spouse predeceased the member. Now you're dealing with family. You're dealing yep. with children. Uh, you want to make sure that beneficiaries are properly positioned because if the pro- uh, beneficiaries aren't properly listed or there are none, now you're stuck in talking about probate. Now you're talking about estate issues. Yeah. Uh, that makes it even more complicated. Sure. So it's vital that your beneficiaries are updated correctly. You have the right people in place that you want to have in place. I'll take it one step further. What happens if you have a situation with special needs, children uh, yeah. who need to be cared for? You want to be sure that you have the proper estate planning. We have resources available within our firm that we refer to, to, to that we trust, that we, that help our clients position that estate planning. Uh, Set up trusts. Correct. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that, that, that's it seems like such a huge weight off of our shoulders, right, that we don't have to physically, like, you know, navigate this world that you really, like, we were talking about this in healthcare the other day. Yeah. Like, you have to have a degree in rocket science to yeah. navigate the healthcare system. The financial system, you know, number one, it's set up for the you know, the one percent, right? They're very yeah. good at it, mm-hmm. right? Because they have thousands of people like you right behind them, going like, you know, you should do this. But you know, in the working class world, we have never really had that kind of access, and we do now. And this is a benefit that number one, the MCL has engaged. Number two, the smart unions are bringing in, right? And you guys are in that niche of the union land. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you know, it's really, really important. Pivoting for a second, and and if you're just joining, uh, we're talking to Tom Borsellino from Megan Financial. Um, if you had a couple of things to do right here at the end of the year to keep the tax man away or make a smart move, give us give us a few ideas. Reducing uh, tax liability, uh, the uh, an IRA contribution is one strategy. Hold to, on, let me write this down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one strategy to make sure that you're maximizing um, the opportunity to contribute if you can do so. Right. Um, in terms of tax, I mean, what's done is done. I don't think there's much more that we can do at this point unless you start selling some investments. What about, um, what about paying an extra mortgage payment? Does that help? A little bit. A little bit of a reduction. Nothing extraordinary. It helps, it helps reduce a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on whether you itemize or not. That's part of the equation as well, too. Do um, most union members itemize? Uh, no. Okay. I don't think uh, so. Yeah. yeah. Not many do. But ultimately, I think the one of the hot topics right now is to, if you have some investments that are in a non-qualified, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but are, are not wrapped inside of a qualified plan. There's some tax harvesting that can be done at this point. Okay. You can sell off some positions that are down in value, and you can use those as write-off for length of time. Right now, I think the maximum amount that you can write off on an annual basis is 3000 But you can offset losses against gains, and that could help. So. Okay. Can you offshore all of your money, like Amazon? No, and the rest I'm not of a big the... fan. Okay, fair enough. And just, just asking. I'm, I'm thinking about you know opening up a Cayman account. Phil, you, thoughts? I don't know if I have the funds to really contribute much to that, but yeah, I'd be open to it. I mean, I am a hundred air. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I've heard that about you. <laughs> so, Tom. I mean, the, the nice thing about unions, I was going to say, is like, y- you know, we, there's a there's a definite problem with financial illiteracy in this country, but, you know, because of the way that unions are set up, like, you don't really have to know a whole lot about financial literacy because... Thank God. <laughs> we're taken care of. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's, I don't want to enable it, but... 
no, it, it, it's a it, nice position to be in. Yeah, the, it's it's a good problem to have. No question about that. Tom, yeah. if somebody had a question or wanted to reach out to you, where can they reach you? Uh, you could contact us at Megan Financial. Phone number seven zero eight four 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 one zero nine zero. Say it again. Seven zero eight four 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 one zero nine zero. Okay, well, thank you. We appreciate it. You're listening to the Workers' Mic on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to the Workers' Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back to the Workers' Mic on seven twenty WGN. I'm Ken. This is Phil. We're going to end the show um, with a lump of coal. Who, who, who's that go to? I'm going to let you introduce the recipient of the Lump of Coal uh, Award of the Year. I feel like there's a little bit of a bias here, but uh, go ahead. You know, there's lots of lumps of coal. And, and you know, I, we'll, we'll, I don't know if it's of the year, but it, it certainly is deserving of a lump of coal at the moment. And at that, the moment. At, and, and that is Jeep. Jeep. I, and I drive a Jeep, and I drive a Jeep Cherokee. And it's not a fancy car. It's not expensive. It's not inexpensive. It's right there in the middle. I actually love it. Made right here in Belvedere. Belvedere. Right? Belvedere, Illinois. Yep. And I, I know you guys have passed it on the way out there. There's a big UAW sign as well. And Jeep has announced that, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, close down for a little bit. And I think a story came out and the UAW said that, no, they're actually going to move uh, the production of Jeep Cherokee, not Grand Cherokee, which is still made in Detroit, which this is this is what I don't understand. But they're going to move the Cherokee production to Mexico. I just mind boggling. Terrible. To me. It's been there since '65, I believe. Is that, that what part? it is? Yeah, unbelievable. And so I don't know what's going to come into the plant. Hopefully, it will be another car maker, union jobs, etc. But you're, you're talking about the devastation of number one, a community. Number two, six, I think there's 1,600, 13 to 1,600 um, UAW members that are going to lose their jobs, which yeah. of course then has the ripple effect of them, their families, the community, the tax bases, etc. And, and, and to what end? I still, I literally have not heard from Jeep as to why there's a need to move those jobs to Mexico. The only thing I can think of is money. The almighty dollar. Phil's, if you, it, Phil doesn't understand that on radio, radio, radio yeah. you can't see hand gestures. I just mimed <laughs> rubbing money together. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. That, that's, that's, uh, it is a shame. And I it's will, uh, yeah. I, I was reading, though, that there's efforts underway to get a new production facility there, um, whether it could be for EV, um, but let's hope. Yeah, there's let's hope any of because this is yeah. yeah devastating news, especially right at this time of year. And here, look, you know, and I know you're listening, President Biden. I know that you're listening to this show. The workers' mic on loyal Sunday listener. morning. So yeah, loyal listener, President Biden. Pass law that punishes companies for outsourcing American jobs. Like, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Like, you, there's literally it, there's no disincentive to move that production to Mexico or to wherever. Like right. what's what's the disincentive? Tax the crap out of it. Yeah. Right. Do something. Yeah. Prevent you know? that from yeah. happening. Yeah. Prevent that from happening. Keep the jobs here. Right. It's just it's, it's enough to drive you crazy. So anyway, are you going to sell your Jeep? Am I going to sell my Jeep? No. I'm actually going to burn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, or I may crash it and then put it put the insurance money in. All right, we're going to hold them to that, everybody. <laughs> um. All right. Let's let's put that on uh, our live stream and we'll uh, douse your Jeep. 
And, oh, that's uh, not a bad idea. I mean, we're looking for no, more viewers and more listeners. I Listen, think i got to put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> Even though I still owe money, I, I'm just going to burn it. <laughs> what are you going to buy? Are you going to be a Ford man? I'm going to buy I'm something. I'm a Ford tough man. Yeah, I love Ford. Uh, uh, you know, I've had Fords for years, and uh, I don't know. I, I, what will I buy? I'm not sure. Something that's made here in America. Yeah, you know? I mean, you already but, have 10 cars in your garage, so this will be another one for your fleet. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do have one, like, you know, midlife crisis car. I have a Chrysler 300 that literally sits in my garage because it's the, like an elephant on roller skates, you know, in the snow. So that's why we got the Jeep, and now I can't even drive that. So no. I don't know. Especially after you burn it. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing for Christmas? Uh, we're having a family over at my house and then uh, going to my wife's family's uh, the next night. I am headed to New York City uh, to see my beautiful mommy um christmas is my birthday so i think i mentioned that earlier i will be 41 again no i will be 57 can you believe that wow oh my god you don't look a day over 60 i I appreciate that you know what i i didn't think i'd make it this long yeah right every every day is gravy for me yeah man who knew we're lucky to have you i appreciate that and thanks for filling in and thank you for Everything that WGN does, Workers Mike really appreciates it. We appreciate it. Our producer, Ben and Bob, and everybody's efforts in this regard. Um, thanks to our listeners. Yeah, thanks to our listeners, our labor leaders. We hope that everybody has just a fantastic holiday. Um, be safe, and uh, we'll see you next year. You've been listening to the Workers Mike right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Worker's Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.